Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies. Hello, it's Marla Davies for Woodstock Nation. Oh my, it's still going. I it love goes, it. It goes. My good friend, Nikki Ross, is here. Woo-hoo. Two rock and roll chicks, both rock and roll DJs. Woodstock Nation is about the revolution, evolution, and life changing magic of music festivals from Woodstock to today. And Nikki and I are both radio girls. Oh, yeah. Go back a long way. And we've never done a podcast together, even though we threatened to do it a million times. Nikki is a Bay Area, legendary Bay Area (laughs) DJ. (laughs) You've been on the air for... Long time. If we calculated the amount of years we Well, we, we both worked together at KOME. KOME I, is a big rock station here in San Jose. I worked at KFOX for a while. There you go. Yeah. And Hot 97.7. There you go. I, I worked, of course, Mix 106.5. I did the morning show oh, for we worked a trillion years. Yeah. We worked there together. Yep. And now you're working at The Breeze in San Francisco. Yep. Yep. But we both love rock and roll with all of our hearts. We're true rock chicks. We are. Because we grew up with rock and roll. Rock and roll was our music. I, I always had my little boom box next to me, and it had the cassette player. I remember recording songs off the radio with the cassette player in there. People used to do and that. listen back to it. Yeah. Because we were basically too cheap to buy stuff, go buy music ourselves. I wasn't even thinking of that. You know, I was just thinking of the music. Because I would buy stuff, too. I'd go to the little record shop across the street. Who has record shops anymore? Well, we have really? a couple record stores still here in San Jose, I'm proud to say. We've got Rasputin. Okay. And we've got Streetlight Records. So I sometimes I take my 16-year-old on a field trip. I'll say, well, let's go on a field trip. We'll go to Sam's Barbecue, which is a barbecue <laughs> joint there. And I, that way I don't have to cook dinner. <laughs> so you bribe him by getting the... Yeah. The, the, and then dessert <laughs> is to go into the record store. And, you know, just so he sees it. But, you know, he's actually feeling the impact of the brick and mortars going down, too, because yeah. he loves the video stores, the GameStops. And those are closing. Are so, they? Mm-hmm. So he's getting the same. I go, yeah, hello. That's how we feel Welcome about to record the stores. World. The yeah. Digital world. So even at 16, he's seeing the world definitely changing. And it has, you know, the record stores and all that. But we, I just love music. I really rock and roll changed my life. What was your first concert you went to? My first concert, I was 15 years old. And I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And it was a festival, which is so perfect. Because who took you? Or how, who? who took us? Okay, you're going to love this. So I told my mom, I got one girlfriend who also had lenient parents. And we said, we really want to go see this concert. <laughs> it was at Three Rivers Stadium. And it was three bands. So it was kind of like a festival at the yeah. time. You know, festival seating. So you nobody, you had to get there early. General admission. Yeah, right. general admission, uh-huh. basically. And it was the Beach Boys. Okay. Peter Frampton. Whoa. And Gary Wright. Oh, my god! So our parents, I don't know what planet they zoomed in from, but they, they're basically like, hey, we want to go see this show. And they're like, okay, <laughs> how are you guys going to get there? Oh, we'll just take the city bus downtown to downtown Pittsburgh. Uh... Okay, girls, be careful. <laughs> be careful. No cell phone, no communication. They didn't even offer to drive you down? No, no driving. Oh, that's We funny. just got on the bus. 
And I remember we went to the show. We were we were probably the only people that weren't partying. And they we were, were passing it back and forth, I'm sure, in front of your faces. We right? were actually so I was sober the entire show <laughs> because, you know, it was I didn't do that kind of thing. Anyway, we watched the show. It was great. I went in to see the Beach Boys. I came out loving Peter Frampton with all oh, my heart. Oh my God. I, I was that gonna was, marry him. Back, I got back a in per, I got a yeah. perm for him. <laughs> I got a perm. <laughs> Because I love Peter Frampton. Anyway, I came home and I was like, I just loved the whole experience. I remember just standing there for hours, clapping my hands over my head and just. Did you I work your way to it. the front? Oh, yeah. Of we the were stage? so close to the front. We of weren't course. all the way there, but we, we just, we had such a fun time. Took the bus home. And I remember my sister left on my bed a copy of Frampton Comes Alive, an she album. Oh, and she bought it for me. And nice. So that very was my nice. very, very first concert. What was your con- first oh, concert? You were going to trip. I was only seven. Oh. And my, my brother, the Vietnam vet, who uh, maybe did a little too much drinking, was hungover okay. and took my niece and I, who was four, to the Iowa State Fair. Okay. And it was the Jackson Five. What? <laughs> yeah. I saw Michael when he was probably, what, 12 no or way. 13. Yeah, and Janet came out when she was like six. Oh, little kid. And did her Mae West thing. You oh, know, yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on over and see me sometime, or whatever she said. <laughs> I forget. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I was like, my brother's all passed out over here. Uh. You know? And my niece and I are sitting there going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Because I'd heard all, you know, ABC and, you know, Never Can Say Goodbye and all those songs on the radio. And now I'm seeing them live. And I'm like, this is awesome. I was hooked. I was That hooked. was it. That's what that did was it. it. That was it. I know, because in the day, I mean, I used to get little, I have a little 45 thing. I, I still have it. It just, I had all That's my 45. I used to play records on. Yeah. I know. It was fun times. I mean, we'd go to each other's houses and bring our records. And I mean, it's just, I mean I'm sure people are like, God, these chicks are old. What was your, what was your, yeah, really, what was your first record first or was it 45 or was it an album? I started with, we used to get, I used to buy 45s all the time. I think the very first album, album that I can remember ever looking at, and I think my mom found it in the attic. I was four and into Mary Poppins. Okay. And Disney and the gas station, I think it was called Gulf Gas Stations. And if you could spend so much money in gas they would give you little tea towels or glasses well there was an album it was a disney album like a compilation with all these different songs and it was the real original people singing on it and they got that from the gas station <laughs> and that was my first album wow i don't remember but i just remember i collected 45s my mom had albums my mom they loved different music you know, my mom was real. They loved music. Yeah. And I remember my mom loved Dinah Washington and, you know, Lena Horne. And she loved all the my mom that was old into time country. music. Oh, okay. I grew up listening to Hank Williams, Loretta Lynn, Conway Twitty, John. Oh my God, Johnny Cash. My that mom loved Johnny Cash too. Favorite. My mom, lo- who didn't? And who back, doesn't? And back then, you know, I didn't appreciate it. I thought, oh, that's not my music, you know, because you're, you're a kid and you want to rebel and you want to. But now you think about those, those people were legends. They, there's nobody like them. I know, I know. We had to rebel. My mom really loved the Lawrence Welk show. No, my grandmother watched <laughs> the Lawrence Welk show. They oh love that, that whole polka thing. Oh, because the Polish. The, well, I'm not even Polish. Oh, I thought you were. 
We have a lot of, Pittsburgh has a lot of ethnic stuff That's going on. That's true. I don't know what it was about that Lawrence Welk show. And I just, I hated, I actually hated Lawrence Welk. Oh, I mean, I feel no. really bad about it, that. It just seems so fake and phony. Even to a little kid watching, I thought, who real. are these people? Yeah, they're too nice. They're too smiley. Too nice. And I remember my mom we used to, later, you know, she's like, I would hope you meet a boy just like the Lawrence Welk show. You've no. Gotta that, be and I really me. feel that I never liked a clean cut guy because, because of, of that. that. <laughs> I always liked the bad boys and the, the whole rockers, bit. The rockers. Yeah. But I think it was actually because of Lawrence Welk I really rebelled and just just to be different, got really into music and rock wow. and roll and, you know, the crazy stuff that my mom my mom hated and stuff like that. You know, I never got any backlash from my mom on the music that I, that oh, I listened to. Oh, did you blast it loud? Because I, I did. I think I did. I mean, yeah. But, but then I had headphones, too. I remember Headphones she, never go out of style, it yeah, seems. Yeah, those big, huge ones that yeah. were like cinnamon rolls on the side of your head. Um, I remember having those. Well, when I was 11 years old, that was one of my birthday presents. I got a huge, it was like a table console thing, and you sit the turntable, and it had an eight track uh-huh. that went with it, and maybe the and then the headphones, and then underneath the the cabinet were these slots where you could put your albums and your 45s, and that was what I wanted, and that's what I got for my birthday. Well, that was cool. Yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah, they did support it, but they didn't. You know, it's different because now look how much different things are. People look at us, you know, with the C. I have a million CDs, and, of course, people are like, I don't even know how to play a CD anymore, <laughs> right? I, I mean, times change, and that's just the way. I mean, things evolve. People find music. Like my son, he suddenly loved Simon and Garfunkel and The Sound of Silence. Nice. And I just couldn't believe where he even learned yeah, that. Yeah, where did he, did he hear it It was online? a video game. He learned it from a video game. And this Wait band Disturbed. That yes. song is in a video game? It was, uh, the band Disturbed. Yeah, I've heard of that Did uh, The Sound of Silence. So it's a really but hard a rock. punk right? rock But my version. kid didn't like that version. So then he went on YouTube and he found Simon and Garfunkel. But how did he know that there was even an original version? I, good question. That I don't know how he's... How people find, find music. It, they yeah. have an interest and they, they search it out. I, but that's good. That That's good that they search and find it. And, you, you know, you, you saw the thing about country music probably on PBS. Oh, that music is so good. I think that probably opened up some doors for young people that never had heard of Johnny Cash or, or Loretta Lynn or any of those people. And maybe, maybe they'll search it out and they'll find that music. Right. I mean, I... I agree. I mean, they, they have to find it somewhere. And I think actually YouTube, thank God for YouTube, because YouTube to me is kind of like the old MTV. Yeah. So my husband and I love to do this. This is our, like one of our favorite things. So we will at the, you know, the end of the night or whatever, we'll put YouTube on the TV and we'll just sit there and he goes, you pick a video. I pick a video. You pick a oh, song. that's I'm kind like, of fun. And like we, karaoke, <laughs> but only with YouTube. That's fun. And we pick our own music videos and we watch them for hours and hours. Just sing along. Sometimes I get up and dance, depending <laughs> on, you know, it's just a lot of fun. And we just listen to a lot of music by watching the videos because well, I miss, I like the music well, videos. Well, I just saw, uh, what, well, I saw Rocket Man at the theater and then we rented it at, or we saw the, the on Netflix. My husband hadn't seen it. So we watched it. And there's a part where they totally reenact the video of I'm Still Standing. And you recognize it immediately. You go, oh my gosh. That's the video, but it's not Elton John. It's the actor. Re- right, right, right. He sang all the songs. The yeah. actor sang all the songs. I'm like, they've, they've totally reenacted it, you know? And if it wasn't for, for MTV, we would, you know. Well, it's funny because Elton John was one of my first, I mean, I, I had that album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and played it. 
and played it and played it. And it just, it, it really, Elton John and I are, we went through a lot of, time, of times together. Uh, well, I, oh, of course, he doesn't know He it. was on. <laughs> it was like when I met Dave Matthews, by the way. Oh, yeah? And I met Dave Matthews and I go, hey, can I have a hug? I go, after all we've been through together. What did he say? I'm sure he's like another freaky fan. Oh, my Here God. Here she is. Oh, but he hugged you. He he had, he's oh, a that, hugger. Oh, good. He's a good. hugger, yeah. You know, and I've heard people say, like in radio, when they get to meet their their idol, sometimes it kind of crushes their whole, because they're not always. They're not who always, we think they are. Right. I want them to be. Right. Well, we'll, we'll be back because I'm here with Nikki Ross. She's a DJ here in the Bay Area. We're good friends. I'm Marla Davies, and we just love music, and this is just our day to kind of share some of the fun and reminiscing and our love of music festivals and concerts. And we're going to hear about Nikki's latest adventure, buying tickets to the Eagles on Woodstock Nation. Woodstock Nation. And we'll be back after this. Woodstock Nation. It's Woodstock Nation. I'm Marla Davies. We support the documentary coming out this year, Woodstock Nation, the revolution, evolution, and life-changing magic of music festivals from Woodstock to today. Of course, I'm a DJ, disc jockey. I work currently at KPIG, which is a great legendary station in Santa Cruz, Watsonville. And I'm with a good friend of mine who's also a rock and roll DJ, she is working at the Breeze. Not so rock, Not and, so rock roll. and roll. But you got it in your heart. <laughs> and she and I both have worked for a couple rock stations together, oh. rock radio stations, and we're fast friends. We love music. We go to music together. Well, that's the thing about music. You know, it's a kindred, you know, your kindred spirits when everybody likes music together. It kind of it brings people together. Music brings people together. Yes, There's does. no doubt about it. It's the greatest. And I know you're one of your favorite is it your favorite band the Eagles? Yes. I know. It's okay. an obsession. You lo- I know. I get I have my obsessions. Yeah. And yeah. so the Eagles are coming there and tell us about the tour, the latest tour. Well, um I've probably seen them I don't know how many times. And everybody always says whenever they're coming back and I buy tickets, they go, "Haven't you seen them enough?" I'm like, "No, it's never enough." Um they did a uh, a tour after Glenn. Well, they weren't going to do a tour when Glenn Fry died. You know, they said we can't go on as a band. We just can't. It's hard to go on without Glenn. I right. have to say that's right. a, he's it's hard really, to replace. It's, you know, he was one of the founding members. Sure. And so I guess um, they were able to recruit or not recruit. I guess he wanted to do it. Glenn Fry's son, Deacon, Fry. which is cool. Very Good to cool. have the kids in there. He's like in his mid twenties, and. Um, they got the blessing from the mother and the and the widow. That's you know, always they said, good too. We are never going to do this unless we have your full support on it. This is from what I was reading. Her name's Cindy or Cynthia, whatever. Well, yeah, you, who doesn't want a blessing like you? We will. And she good said, wishes. "Well, yes, because you know it, it's giving my son an experience as well, and it's keeping the music out there and keeping Glenn alive, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, and." So they did that, and then they this is who they recruited was was Vince Gill. Because, right, which is a weird. Well, well, country. they needed him to sing those higher parts, uh, like that Randy Meisner used to sing, sure. and Glenn kind of is a little bit higher voice too than than Don. So um, it kind of balances out. Plus, plus Deacon was new; he'd never been on the stage before, and they they wanted to break him in, you know, not overwhelm him with all the songs that Glenn. So Vince sings a lot of Glenn's songs, the the lead, and then and then Deacon does a few too. But he's pretty good. Are you pleased? Yes, I was pleased. I saw them last year at AT&T Park when they played there. And that was like the 
first tour that Beacon had been on. And they'd done a few shows already, and I was I was pleased. I thought he he he's kind of stiff. I mean, mm-hmm. his stage presence isn't you know there, but I I bet by now when I see him in April of next year, he'll be better. Oh, April of next year! Wow, so far it's ahead. April twenty twenty. Yeah. So it's what happened was they did that whole tour. I don't know if it was a year or two years. I forget uh, with Glenn or with De- Deacon and Vince. And then they were going to do these three one-off shows in Las Vegas, but like kind of a mini residency in Las Vegas. And they, the whole premise was to do Hotel California mm-hmm. front to back, which is just amazing. Every song in its entirety in the order, in order, right? In oh wow! Order, and take it was going to be like a three-hour show, take an intermission, and then come back, and then they were going to finish up with all their hits, all their, oh. all their big hits. Oh my! So. uh People, when they heard about this, these three shows in Las Vegas, it just when they went crazy. I can't believe you weren't there. Well, I guess I'm not that crazy, but okay. <laughs> I would have. Trust me, I would have. If my husband would have said, okay. <laughs> uh, so that did so well, and their res- the response from the public was so great. Their manager says, we need to take this on the road. We need to. So they started off with just like maybe six or seven big cities. Uh, I think New York and... San Francisco and L.A. to do two shows in each city. So maybe six or seven cities. Well, I just read they've added Denver now. They've added Mm -hmm. St. Paul, Minnesota. Well, they start small, and then if they get a good, you know, a good response, they're going to start. That's a smart way to go. You don't want to cancel shows. It's better to add them. No, and, you know, the Eagles are, what, they have one of the the biggest selling albums in the history of rock and roll. I think it's the Eagles' number ones. From 1975 mm-hmm. to 70 to 75, something like that. It's like, it's always on the top of the charts. It, it, it goes back and forth with Michael Jackson's Thriller as being the number one. Well, they're super talented and popular. Yeah, they're And there's popular. a lot of ego. I wouldn't want to be in a room with those guys. No. Because the ego would probably but, squish your ego. <laughs> what was it? Uh, 25 years ago, what, 94, when hell froze over? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. They said they'd never get back together and they came back together. Well, my friend from high school told me, she goes, we got to go, Nikki, because it was our big deal. And back then, I think we got third row, fourth row, something like that. And it was like $800. This is 1994. Well, see, I do blame them for the high ticket prices. It is their fault because they were the first band that charged the exorbitant prices. And they got it. And I remember us just couldn't believe and it, it makes me a little sad, and I hope they feel a little guilty about it because they, oh, they're they don't. counting their money on the bank. They, no, don't. they, don't. they don't. But care. they caused this problem. They did. Of now, it used to be people could afford to go to shows, and now, I mean, you're spending a paycheck. Now, how much did you pay for this Hotel California tour? Do tell. Okay, well, it ranged anywhere from, I think, 175 bucks, Which is like, oh, what a bargain. Yeah. That was for like, you know, nosebleed seats all the way up to like six grand for like front row seats. And this is face value. This is not through the third parties. No, this was on Ticketmaster. Okay. And, you know, of course they have the pack. The package deals are the big ones, you know, that are like $1,200 and $1,500. And all the meet and greets and the VIP Well, no, Eagles don't do meet and greets anymore. Oh, they don't do meet and greets. Oh, they don't do meet and greets anymore, no. No. See, that's a big way to make revenue for the band. Oh, it is. Because we interviewed Terry Nunn from Berlin. And she had a meet and greet. We did it for the documentary Woodstock Nation. And we, she had a meet and greet. And she said, you know, that's just the way we kind of make some money. Well, People Pat pay Benet- money. Pat Benatar does it. They all do it. with To these. meet them and they get a bag and some swag. I hear they, hate, I hear they hate them, though. She didn't. Terry Nunn. Oh, was, Terry liked oh, it. Oh, Terry. Pat, Pat hates them. 
Well, different person. Terry was yeah. grateful. She's like, hey, it's a great, we make a little extra money. So they kind of liked it. So it's, it used to be, we worked in radio. Nikki and I both worked in radio and we used to give those kind of things away as a prize. Is and it, now yeah, they don't cool, really even do that. They don't even have to anymore because the fans can buy it. Now. Right. So now yeah. the fans can just buy it. They don't, yeah. we don't give away those kind of meet and greet prizes like it used no. to be. I heard Snoop Dogg was given away, like you could smoke with Snoop. <laughs> That was part of he your was price package. He was selling those? Yes. Oh, my God. So it has become crazy. And I, I and I know you love the Eagles with all your heart, but I have to say, it is their... It's it, crazy. It, they started it, and everybody's doing it. Even my boys, the Grateful Dead, and we kind of... Well, the how, Dead much, company, how much are their tickets? Well, we're, we're, we're deadheads, right? So we're hippies, and we feel, you know, things should be a little more free, like free love, free tickets, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. It ain't the 60s so much anymore. <laughs> what? Anyway... We're bitching because we had to pay almost two hundred dollars a ticket that is for a good lot. seats. I know. And oh, you know, it's not festival seating anymore. It's you get it, a seat. New, it depends on the venue. They still do a lot of festival seating, they, okay. which is great. Like Bill Graham Civic will do a festival seating. That's in San Francisco. And now the new Chase Center. No, that's a reserve seat. Oh no, I've been. I saw Elton John there right after it opened, maybe a, three weeks, and it's a pretty nice venue oh it's nice so now yeah. those kind of venues the amphitheaters you're gonna have reserved seats yeah. but i there's still occasionally get the festival seats but we do blame john mayer because he since oh, he, he came into the picture the oh, now he's in the picture okay. ticket prices have gone up and there this isn't even me just saying this that i've heard now yeah is he good in the band though is he he's great oh good well i remember when bruce hornsby was in that band for a little while yeah too. bruce hornsby joan he, he osborne did, he didn't make the price no, go up <laughs> he didn't make the price go up but so the eagles now and did you tell us the price or i forgot uh, no, if you I tell did us not. again okay you're holding my, that okay, back my price you know i cannot sit in a nosebleed to see my boys i just can't I know. So I, I'm on the floor. I'm okay. Row fifteen. Okay. Okay. This is without fees. Of course, and of course they charge fees. Seven hundred and fifty bucks for one ticket. One ticket. And then they're gonna charge you, and that also makes me angry. Convenience fee. Convenience for what? For them. Hello? Yeah, that's just the it's not my lamest thing ever. <laughs> so that's another twenty or thirty no, or God guess, knows guess how what much. All the fees were okay. Seventy four dollars. Yeah, that's for your convenience. And then another $6 processing fee. A processing so it was like, fee. I know, it's I nuts. Know. It's crazy. You it's think crazy. about how we've, you know, things have changed. We interviewed Nancy Nevins, who played at the original Woodstock, and she was showing a ticket for $5. Oh, yeah. It, well, I it's crazy. Iowa Jam, when I was 15, it was like my first festival. Okay. And it was like, I, I think I still have the stuff. It was like $15. And we saw like six bands, Ted Nugent. Ario Speedwagon, Head East, uh, Jay Giles. Oh, yeah, I love uh, them. Who was the fifth one? I forget. I know. It's crazy. Oh, Kansas. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, life is way more expensive than it used to be. But it seems like the ticket prices have gone up a lot more. Well, and then, the, and then of course, then that brings the whole thing into the scalping and then the second markets that raise it way up even more than face value. It's just... It seems like, I mean, I don't want to be neg here, but it does it does bum you out a little bit about ticket price. That's why I just did the Harley, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival. And that's free. It was free. Now, for people who don't live in California, you need to tell them what that's all it's about. It's a big bluegrass festival, but it, it more it's called Hardly, so it adds the Hardly part. And so they have all these different artists that, you know, that play at this festival. 
And it was, you know, it's underwritten by a philanthropist. Several stages. Oh, yeah, I think six different stages. And it's underwritten. And the person that started it said, I want to give a free festival back to San Francisco. And and that and it's been going on and for many, many yes, years. It's, it's pretty fantastic. So it's, it's nice they to see. They get people like Emmy Lou Harris. They get people like uh, Judy Collins. They get people like Robert Plant. Yes, Robert Plant played this year. Yes. So it's cool. I hate to see the ticket prices so high, but I don't know if that's ever going to change. Thank you, Eagles, once again. <laughs> Love you. Wow. Love you, babe. <laughs> I hope your bank account survives this. Oh, I just hope my daughter can marry Deacon. Who were you going with? Uh, As your another, husband? No, no. No, because only one person in the family can, can afford go. to go to exactly. this. So it's like you got the lucky straw. You're going with a girlfriend who's paying your room because the two of you add that together. Yeah. It's a vacation. It is. It is. I know. You can get a cruise for 450 bucks. But I'm so addicted to these concerts and festivals. Are there other people that are like us? I wonder. If you're like us, a concert (laughs) addicted people, it's worth, you know, I spend the money. It just makes you feel so good, the music, right? I mean, it takes you back to another place, another time. It's a moment and it it resonates in your heart and your soul. And it's you wonder, is there a price on that? Is there a price for that? And at what point is the breaking point? I don't know. Obviously, <laughs> catching the sky's the limit when it comes to the Eagles concerts. <laughs> Although I used to know people that would fly like to Dallas and L.A. and, and all over the place just to follow them around. Like the, they follow the dead, right? The dead and Dave Matthews. With and... each ticket, you know, for the Eagles costing a few hundred bucks. How can they do that? I have no idea. Well, because I remember when the dead, the tickets started to go up and we're like, I guess Bobby's kids need to go to college. We're paying for them to go to their next, you know, getting their master's degree. That's kind of what it is. But I have to say, Dave Matthews, I get, I joined the fan club. He has a fan club and I get my tickets through the fan club. Is that better to do it that way? So much better. And I got a ticket to the Sacramento show, reserve seating this summer, and it was $85. Oh, that's good. See? That's a little bit better. But do you have to pay a membership to be a part of his fan club? $35 a year. Oh, okay. And you get a gift. A (laughs) t-shirt. That little paperweight on my desk right here. Or a flag or maybe a CD. And you get some CD, a bonus track. It's kind of worth it. I remember joining a Keith Urban one once. Okay. And it didn't really help me get any great seats necessarily. Well, things have changed. You can order through the fan club now and it really makes it. I okay. ordered through the fan club. Okay. It got me seats to the Tahoe well, show, which was hard to get. Joe Walsh used to have his own private website, and he used to do that, too. And he used to do meet and greets. This was just not too long ago, 10, mm-hmm. 8 years ago. Well, no more. No more meet and greets. That's just too yeah. much. Okay, so now that we've gone down the dark road, the dark path, but we love music, and you're listening to this. You love music. You know, we love the Pantheon Podcast Network. Thank you guys for housing this. What do you think it is? What is the magic of going to a concert, going to a music festival? Why do people go and keep going? And why do they pay exorbitant prices? Right, and why? What do you think it is? What's the magic? The magic is, like we said, it it, it touches them somewhere, and and it makes them remember a place and a time when things were more innocent, maybe, in their youth. They didn't have to worry about bills. They didn't have to worry about their kids. They were free. They maybe were teenagers. That's probably what it is. That's what I would think. Yeah, I think it just because it's an emotional thing and it, it, it it's an escape. Definitely. You just get like, away. Why do, yeah, why do people go to movies? Think about it. Because movies have gone up in price big time. Sure. I don't even mind paying for it. It's like you get away from it. You get away from the world. 
it's absolutely worth it. So get out there, see a show, see a festival. Support your musicians who are already multimillionaires. There you go. <laughs> but you know what? Support the young ones too. And you can oh, still go Those... if you're 21 and yes, over. Yes. I mean, I still feel like we need to cultivate a 21 and under some crowd. Great, great new acts coming up that are that are really. Remember when we saw Greta Van Fleet? Yes, we saw Greta Van Fleet. They're that was be, all ages. And, yeah. Yeah. And now they're huge, blowing up all over the place. So there are local bands. You can see them if it's an all ages show or any show or go out to a club and see a band for a really reasonable price. So support your local musicians, support the music scene, keep it alive. It's been alive for a long, long time. And. I mean, we're definitely big fans. And we'll probably, they'll be wheeling us out in our wheelchairs <laughs> going to music festivals. Hey, I had a surgery and I went to a concert. I saw Coldplay with my walker. Oh, so, God. hello, I decorated it with lights and some beads, <laughs> but it does. it's going to take a lot to stop me from going out to see a show. No doubt. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Well, thank you, Nikki Ross, a hey, good friend of fun. mine yeah. and my good old DJ friend. We're rocking on DJs from way back. Together, okay? Yeah, what's our next show? We got to get another we one on the books. That one out. Indeed, it's always fun to see. We tried to see Bob Seger together, oh, I know. but we were trying to get free free tickets from the radio station that you work at. I did get free Santana tickets, but Rob wants to go. Oh, see, Sorry. we always. Try, I like a free ticket here and there. <laughs> never hurts. It never hurts. Well, thank oh, you we so much. Oh, we saw Janis Joplin. We saw the Janae. Yes, yes, and we featured that on this podcast. So yeah, occasionally. We see some music together. Well, it's great to have you on my podcast. Thanks We've been thre- threatening to do this yep. for a while. So great to have you. And we always love to have you listening to Woodstock Nation. Woodstock Nation. Woodstock Nation, the podcast, is in association with Woodstock Nation, the documentary to be released in 2019. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Green Age Development. Any music used in this Woodstock Nation podcast is owned by the artist and is used for education and illustration purposes only. Thank you for checking out, liking, sharing, and following Woodstock Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again. Talk to you next time. Peace, love, and thanks for being part of the tribe. From Marla Davies and everyone here at Woodstock Nation. Tune in, turn on next week.